Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. This is Carrie Kenyon Dern, and I am so grateful to have you join us. This is actually our last podcast before we take a break for the summer. So don't despair, we'll be back in September, but we're gonna take a much needed break for some vacation and family time. And with me again is my dear friend, Crystal Wright. And today we're gonna be in John 16, verse 33. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me again today. Of course. Well, we're pretty excited about this verse. These are the words of Jesus in John 16, and this chapter is really strategically placed and very important. So Crystal, I'm going to read the verse, and then we're going to get right into it. I'm going to let you share a little bit about the context, why this is so important, and you can share truth first, and then I'll do the same. And then, of course, we're both going to make a choice based on this passage how we might apply this to our lives in the coming weeks. So John 16 verse 33 says this, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So these are the letters in red. This is Jesus himself speaking to us, his sons and daughters. So Crystal, talk a little bit for us about the context, John 16, the chapter, and a little bit about what is the truth that really, really impacts you from this verse. I think what's most important to know about the context of of this verse is that it falls in the very final message that Jesus is giving to his disciples before he is arrested and crucified. Mm -hmm. And so these are his last words that he really wants them to hear. And he knows that they're going to be his last words. He knows what's awaiting him in a few short hours. And so he's really intentional of what do they need to hear from me right now? What is it that I can tell them that they need to hold on to? And he touches a lot on the connection between him and the Heavenly Father, the fact that he's going to be sending the Holy Spirit, even though they don't quite understand this yet, but he keeps talking Mm -hmm. about the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, the Comforter. And he's just hitting on these things because he tells, and he's he says it a few times, I'm telling you this because I want you to know, I don't want you to fall away. I don't want you to go astray. And part of what he needs them to know is the fact that there is going to be some suffering mm-hmm. that's coming. And so to me, the context is this very loving pastoral heart of Jesus to know what his disciples need to hear most before before his death and really before he's getting ready to, to leave them permanently by um, after his resurrection by going back to the father and he knows what they need to have in their hearts and minds from him. So the truth that that I pulled out initially was just the fact that there is going to be some pain that is invited into our lives because of following Jesus. And that may not sound comforting on the surface or to anybody who's listening, but to me, I found so much comfort in that because for me, it goes back to God loves us enough to let us know the reality of some of the struggles that are going to come into our path because of him. And he lays out what some of those are. I mean, people are going to lose community. Some people are going to die. Some people are going to have shame of their own failures of turning their back on Jesus. Um, There's these things that are going to come into our lives when we say yes to Jesus that we have to know this hope that he is the peace in the midst of that. And he is ultimately has victory 
but we do have to, I guess, ask ourselves the question of how are we going to view that invitation that Jesus is giving and Hey, if you follow me, <laughs> there's going to be suffering, mm. um, but don't, but don't let that destroy you. Mm. And what I was finding in this, pa- this whole passage that this verse is summarizing is with suffering or with hardship, when it comes to Christ and it comes to our relationship with God, he always pairs it with healing and mm-hmm. hope and restoration. And that's the part we're challenged to hold on to. Mm. So well said. Thank you for that. I love the context that you gave. I do think it's epically important to understand this is Jesus's message to his disciples, to us. The final words, if you're giving a speech, you put the important point of emphasis right at the end. And that's what Jesus is saying. I don't want you to fall away. I don't want you to look around you at the world and, you know, scream that the sky is falling and live in the chaos and the anxiousness and the fear like the world does. I want you to be protected and your protection is this. Your peace is found in me. It's not found in your circumstances. The truth for me, just piggybacking on what you've said so eloquently, Crystal, is because there is going to be persecution, trial, suffering, death, hardship in this world, this is an invitation for us to know him as the author, as the provider, as the person of peace. Notice that this verse doesn't say, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace here on this earth and you're going to have trials and sorrows, but take heart because it's going to get easier. He doesn't say anything about things getting easier. In fact, he's warning them that things are going to get worse. He says, take heart. Why should we take heart? He's saying, because I have overcome the world. And here in the Greek, this world, this word overcome is important. It's, I have conquered the world. I have triumphed over the world. I am victorious over the world. I will prevail over the world. It's a past and it's a present and it's a future victory. I've overcome all of it. I've overcome what's happened in the past. I'm going to overcome. You're about to see with your eyes something that you're just not getting. I'm about to be crucified and taken away from you, but I'm going to overcome that. And I'm going to overcome everything that you are going to face until you see me again face to face in heaven. And again, because we are also disciples of Jesus, this passage is a promise. It's yes and amen for us as well. So I read this as an invitation to know him as the author of peace. Because if I don't have peace, it means I don't know Jesus. I'm going to say that again. That's true. If I don't have peace, it means I don't know Jesus. I need to know him more deeply. And someone might argue with me and say, Carrie, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. I've said yes to Jesus. I've accepted him as my savior. And I would gently say back to you, I understand that. I'm not telling you that you're not a believer. I'm not even telling you that you won't go to heaven when he returns or when you go to heaven through passing on. I'm just saying you don't really know him. You know about him, but you don't really know him because to really know Jesus. And I think this is the emphasis that Jesus is even trying to make in the context of our verse. If I back up two verses In verse 31, Jesus is asking the disciples, do you finally believe? In other words, do you finally get it? Because they've just said, oh, now we understand. 
And he has spent his entire <laughs> earthly ministry with them trying to help them understand. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, now we get it. He's like, do you really? Because the, the time is coming. Actually, it's here now, he said, when you're all going to be scattered and you're all going to go your own way and you're all going to leave me alone. But I'm not alone because the father is with me. And guess what? When you go through your hard trial, when you go through your persecution, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not be alone either. And if you know me and you abide in me, regardless of what's happening around you, you will have peace because when you get to know me, you will experience that I am the one who has overcome the world. And more personally, I have overcome your world. So Crystal, what is the choice that you want to personally make based on this? And what would you encourage along along with you? What would you encourage the choice for listeners to make with you in the coming weeks? I think it challenges me to really ask myself what I'm fixated on, what I'm looking at, what I'm focusing on, because there is a lot of joy and hope that's promised throughout this last conversation that Jesus has, along with a good dose of reality of the suffering. And But I think it challenges me, am I going to be looking for the things that he has promised alongside of the suffering? Am I going to be looking for the peace? You know, he, he connects quite a bit the work that the Holy Spirit is going to do in our lives that is going to help us in his absence. Um that is going to be part of that message of peace to our hearts. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to teach us in the midst of circumstances. The Holy Spirit is going to be our counselor. He's going to be our advocate. And so, and he also talks about how the relationship between us and the Father is changing because of the redemptive work he's about to do on the cross. But he's letting his disciples know, like, your relationships are going to be changing. Even with God the Father, you're going to be able to ask him go directly to him and ask him for the things that you need. And so I guess that challenges me in the midst of whether it's stress or persecution or just suffering. Am I looking for those things that Jesus has already promised? And am I letting my heart and my mind believe that those are more true and more powerful in that moment than whatever emotions are coming up for me and facing the suffering? Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, I want to apply this by being the person that's looking for the voice of the Holy Spirit in the midst of a trial or is looking for that intimacy that honestly, I don't think we get outside of suffering. There's an intimacy we get with Jesus and with God the Father as we walk through suffering alongside of him. And so those are the things I want to be looking for because they remind me of that ultimate hope Mm. that we have. And I want to be better at leaning into that instead of taking myself down a rabbit hole about whatever suffering or situation that I'm in. So if I hear you, what you're saying is I want to be quicker to look for what Jesus is inviting me into instead of sitting in the pain or the suffering or the persecution, whatever's difficult, instead of sitting in that, I want to more quickly say, Jesus, what are you doing in the middle of this? What are, what are you wanting to give me? What are you inviting me into in a way to know you better? Yes, exactly. Mm, that's Because very... the, the suffering is going to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just reality. Mm-hmm. But I want that to not shape my whole like day or my view or my emotions because there's something underneath that that's even deeper. And that's what you're saying. It's the peace. It's the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so significant. We know this in our heads, but it it bears repeating for all of us, for, for you and I, for everybody listening. I think our default mode as humans is to say, everything's in chaos. My life is hard. I'm suffering. My family's suffering. Everything is difficult. I must be doing something wrong. What am, what am I doing wrong? What, what is, is God mad at me? Is, is what's happening? We, we tend to look at ourselves, don't we? Mm -hmm. When things get hard and we want to self-soothe or self-medicate or self-blame and we want to look at ourselves. That's, I think that's just human nature. When we're suffering, we become very focused on self. And so what you're saying, it's simple in its in its concept, but very difficult to apply that you're saying, I want to quickly, instead of looking at myself and my own pain and my own suffering, I want to quickly look to Jesus and say, show me how you are trying to invade my heart and life. How are you inviting me into something deeper and something more with you through this promise of suffering and looking at it as an invitation instead of I'm doing something wrong or I'm being punished. So that's that's a huge crossroads for all of us to come to and say, what am I going to choose in this moment? So thank you for that. That's really powerful. Again, I want to piggyback on what you're saying by choice, because I feel like your choice is really focused on an inward relationship with Jesus. And then I would like to encourage all of us over the summer as we commit to that choice to be more quick to ask Jesus, what are you doing in the middle of my suffering? To also then let it turn into an outward expression. And what I mean by that is if I see Jesus inviting me into knowing him more through the suffering or the pain or the loss in my life, I might have more compassion. I might have more ability to look beyond my own pain and to see others and to be Jesus to others. Let me give you a very small example that just came to my mind when you were sharing that. Two days ago, I was in the grocery store, completely minding my own business. As you know, I do all the time. No, I, I like to make friends when I'm out and about. But this, I was on a mission. This was one of those times I was short on time. I was checking off the list. I had my list on my phone and I was click, 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 checking off the list. And I was standing in an aisle and I was trying to find what I needed quickly. But over to my right, there was a woman on a phone call. And before I even heard what she was saying, I felt her. I felt her grief. I felt her pain. And I do believe that because I just lost my sister, Kim, a couple weeks ago, I am more sensitive and I'm more compassionate because of what I've gone through. And because I have been experiencing in real time how this loss, this pain that I've been walking through has invited me into a deeper place with Jesus, there, there becomes a place where that's, there's feet on that. It's not just something that I sit on for myself. It's actually affecting how I interact with other people, whether they're my family, my friends, or strangers in the grocery store. I was wildly inappropriate because as I'm listening to this woman, my heart and my spirit are screaming at me, you need to go hug her. Okay, well, first of all, that's awkward and weird. <laughs> and second of all, we're still kind of in the age of COVID, right? You just don't walk up to strangers and hug them. That's just not what we do. And she hung up the phone and I heard it again, as I had when she was still on our call, you need to go hug her. And I did. I left my grocery cart where it was because I had I was my purse was on my person and I left my cart. I walked over her to her just a few feet away and I said, can I please give you a hug? 
and she just lost it and collapsed in my arms. And I said, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but I could hear a bit of your conversation. And I heard you talking about losing a loved one and that they're about to pass. And I said, I just needed to give you a hug. I said, I just lost my sister. And I said, I'm grieving too. And I need you to know that God loves you and he sees you and you are not alone. And this stranger just clung to me and sobbed and thanked me over and over and over again for the hug. I don't know her whole story. I don't know all the circumstances. I just know if I had not just walked through a catastrophic loss in my own life, there is no way that I would have been sensitive or obedient to go hug a stranger right now. Like that's just, you just don't do that right now. Like I had to completely shut my head off to pull that (laughs) off because I'm like, I can't hug a stranger. I might have COVID. She might have COVID. Who knows? She was wearing a mask. I'm like, the Lord told me to do it. And I did. And Crystal, I could still hear her saying thank you as I'm walking away and rounding the aisle to go to the next aisle to check the next thing off my list. She was so impacted, not because of my words, not because of anything that I said, but because I felt her and I cared enough to simply give her a hug. And I think our choice needs to be, again, jumping on the back of what you said. I think that's the first choice. I think our first choice has to be, Jesus, what are you inviting me into in the middle of the things that are hard in my life? You have promised me protection in the peace found only in you. That is my protection in the middle of whatever comes, whatever I walk through, your peace is promised because you have overcome the world. How are you overcoming in my circumstances? How are you inviting me into a relationship with you through my pain, through my suffering, through my persecution? And once you show that to me, when you show yourself to me and you call me into a deeper place, I'm going to automatically want the same for others and call them into the peace as well. Even if it's temporary, even if it's a little hug in the grocery store, in that moment, that strange woman who I'll probably never see again. Well, she wasn't strange. I was a stranger. She'll probably never see me again. But here's what I know. In that 30-second interchange, she experienced the peace of God because I, I was in it. And I was able to comfort her as I have been comforted. Mm-hmm. Not because her circumstances changed, but because God himself, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, showed up and presented the peace that is promised to us from Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just overcome the world when he was walking this earth. He didn't just overcome death in the grave. He overcame every single thing that mankind has faced until our present day and will continue to overcome this world until we all see him face to face. Now that is hope. Mm -hmm. And that is a promise that we need to cling to. And so our closing message as we go into two months off for the summer is take heart. What does that mean in the Greek? Take heart means take courage, be encouraged, be strengthened, be hopeful. Not because life is going to get easier, not because our circumstances are going to magically change and everything's going to be easy. Take heart, be encouraged, dear ones. Because Jesus has overcome your world, whatever you're facing, 
Jesus has already overcome it. He's already the conqueror. He's already triumphed over it. He's already victorious. He's already prevailing over it. Surrender that pain point to him. Ask him to invite you into what he wants to heal or grow or nurture or strengthen in you through knowing him more deeply. And then let that be the light that you shine in this dark world, calling others into his peace as well. Crystal, would you pray for us as we close? And would you pray specifically as we go into two months off over the summer that we would cling to this promise of Jesus, these letters in red that are so relevant and necessary and powerful and needed for us today, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but that we would apply this until we come back together in September. Yeah, and as we go into prayer, I just want to remind everybody that right after these words, Jesus actually goes into prayer for his disciples. And he says, not just the ones that are with me right now, but all of you who will ever believe in me. So let's just hold that promise close as we go into prayer. Father, thank you so much for giving us Jesus. Thank you for knowing that we needed the Prince of Peace, the one who was able to reconcile us to you, the one who was able to overcome every part of this world that is so broken. Thank you that you have planted your hope in our hearts, Lord, that you are trustworthy, that we can know in, in good times, in bad times, in blessing, in struggle, that you are the God of peace. Jesus, you are peace. And I just pray, Lord, that we would hold on to that truth that everything that comes into our lives, through our relationships, through our circumstances, Lord, everything that wants to come in and rob us of the peace that you have promised us, that we would be able to discern and that we would be able to stand in what is true and we would hold fast to you, that we would know in the midst of storms, Lord, that you are the one that also walks on the water and says, peace, be still. I pray that you would uh, continue to bless and encourage through your Holy Spirit um, all of us as we head into these these next months, Lord, and help us to take heart. Help us Mm -hmm. not to lean on our own understanding, but to take heart in you Mm -hmm. because your words do not fail us. You do not fail us, Lord. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.